Hello, hello. This is Katavani. Welcome back to another episode of Ramayana, Ayodhya Khanda, episode 25, Bharata Reaches Prayag. Thank you for listening. In the last episode, Bharata had set out from Ayodhya to visit Rama in the forest. He was joined by a division of Kusala's army trained in battle-ready warriors on elephants, horseback, chariots, and on foot. It was customary for a king to be surrounded by numerous warriors as a show of strength to protect the king and his kinsmen, and Bharata wanted to return home to Ayodhya with Rama in a way that befit a king. The royal expedition was accompanied by multitudes of Ayodhya Vasis. The queens, gurus, and other advisors and ministers joined this procession to the forest as well. Kaikeyi too joined the other two queens to redeem her situation after being isolated by everyone once Bharata dismissed her schemes to make him king and instead unequivocally proclaimed Rama as king. Ever since his return from Kekaya kingdom, Bharata had acted without reluctance. He was steadfast in his decision to bring Rama home to be king. He was a dharmic, righteous young man, devoted to following traditions and honoring the Ikshwaku lineage. As soon as he completed the 13-day funeral rites for his father, he turned down Ayodhya's advisor's pleas for his coronation as king. The citizens and the senior ministers and advisors recognized he was just as virtuous and bound by dharma as Rama and were willing to wholeheartedly accept him as king. Bharata chastised them for encouraging him to lead them astray against dharma and parampara. He set out to bring Rama home, surrounding himself with people from all walks of life with the same intention and devotion towards Rama. He understood their sorrow, bereft of Rama and their king Dasharatha, and their excitement to visit Rama. He did not stop them as Rama once did, requesting them to turn back home to be devoted to their king and crown prince Bharata. Bharata believed Rama, seeing their unconditional love and support, could be convinced to return home to his beloved people. After crossing the mighty river Ganga, at Sringabairapura with Guha, the Nishida chief's help, Bharata halted the crowds on the other side by the river bank. He removed all his royal paraphernalia, including his bow, sword, and jewelry. He went ahead to meet with the gentle sage Maharishi Bharadwaja in his ashram, located a short distance from Praya, the confluence of rivers Ganga and Yamuna. Bharata was only accompanied by Ayodhya's chief guru, Sage Vasishta. Sage Bharadwaja welcomed his visitors according to tradition at his hermitage, offering them water to wash their feet and to refresh themselves, as well as as argya, water offered respectfully as a welcome drink. The sage asked Bharata about the welfare of his family, the kingdom, its people, its wealth, armed strength, allies, and advisors. Likewise, Sage Vasishta and Bharata inquired about the Maharishi's health, availability of materials needed for the sacred sacrificial fires, the welfare of his disciples, birds, animals, and trees in the surrounding woods, 
as well as the general security of the hermitage. Bharadwaja Muni, the sage, pleased by the arrival of his well-respected guest sage Vasishta and their mutual inquiries completed, turned to Bharata and asked what his intentions were, traveling so far away from Ayodhya with an army. The Muni said, Rama, destroyer of enemies and delight of his mother Kausalya, has been banished to the forest for a long time along with his wife and brother by his father due to the persuasions of a woman. To enjoy the kingdom without obstacles, do you intend to cause any harm to that irreproachable Rama and his brother? Bharata was moved to tears by the Rishi's suspicions. He exclaimed, O venerable sage, if you misunderstand me, I am lost. I do not approve or accept what my mother said in my absence. I have come to worship at the feet of Rama, who is best amongst men, to persuade him to return to Ayodhya to be king. There is no danger for him from me. Sir, show me the kindness of telling me where he is now. The Great Seer Maharishi Bharadwaja responded, Bharata, I know your pure heart and your affections for Rama. I wanted the world to hear it from you. Your conduct, self-restraint and devotion to the virtuous is in keeping with those born in the dynasty of Raghuvamsha. Raghu he continued telling Bharata what he wanted to hear. Your righteous brother Rama is living in Chitrakuta with Sita and Lakshmana. O Prince, who is blessed with prosperity and fulfillment of all your desires, stay here with me tonight. Fulfill my desire to honor you as Atiti, guest. In the ancient Taitriya Upanishad, a really old scripture, there is a verse, Matru Devo Bhava, Pitru Devo Bhava, Acharya Devo Bhava, Atiti Devo Bhava that instructs one to not only honor one's mother, Matru, and father, Pitru, who brought us into being as God, Deva, but also to respect as God one's Acharya, the teacher, who give knowledge and show the path to prosperity and salvation as God. And finally, to venerate the guest, Atiti, as if they are God gracing one's home. The Indian tradition of hospitality derives from this, showing high respect to honor guests as gods. Maharishi Bharadwaja recognized Bharata as a Uttama Purusha, a noble man, who was ready to renounce the crown that had come to him. The Rishi considered it a duty to honor him and wanted to host a feast in his honor as his Atiti guest. He saw in young Bharata the same selfless goodness he had recognized in Rama a few weeks ago. The young prince Bharata accepted the Maharishi's suggestion and decided to stay in the hermitage that night. Bharata left his massive entourage by the riverbank, not wishing to impose and hinder the ashram activities. The sage asked Bharata why he had halted his retinue far away and welcomed them to his hermitage. Bharata informed him how it wasn't right for a prince to disturb the peace of an ascetic's ashram, especially when his entourage included 
an army with elephants and horses that may unknowingly wreck the ashram, the hermitage. Bharata politely declined the rishi's generous offer for a feast, saying, The water you gave to wash and drink, the argya, in this forest has fulfilled me as if it were a feast. The respected sage responded likewise, Bharata, I know with your heart filled with love, you are content with what is offered you. It would please me to provide a feast to you and your followers. Let everyone, your kinsmen, the army and your followers be brought here. Bharata gave the order for all, including his mighty army, to gather in the hermitage. Valmiki Muni, the author of this Mahakavya, in his narrative, describes a magical scene. Rishi Bharadwaja, who acquired immense powers in his life of penance, went to the sacrificial altar at the hermitage and sprinkled the water from his kamandalam, the pot in which rishis carried holy water, on the sacred fire pit, the homakunda. He chanted incantations and took three sips of, of water. He summoned the devas, gods, to help him arrange a feast. Maharishi Bharadwaja's call for divine help was immediately answered by the gods, including Kubera, god of wealth and the leader of Gandharvas, Agni, the god of fire, as well as Mayan and Vishwasena, the divine architects. The architects, directed by the sage, transformed the entire area to house the huge crowds from Ayodhya, as well as created spaces for the feast. Valmiki Maharishi describes the paradise, a festive fairground in the hermitage. Under extravagant tents and canopies, varieties of food, juices, grape wine, date palm wines were ready to be served. There was a gentle, fragrant breeze, garlands of flowers and fruit-laden fruit -laden trees that appeared out of nowhere. Gandharvas and Apsaras from the other worlds appeared. The citizens and Ayodhya's army were outnumbered by the heavenly attendants who satisfied and served all their needs and desires. Divine musicians and dancers, the Gandharvas and Apsaras, and Misu's servers and attendants entertained the crowds that had followed Bharata without hesitation to bring Rama home. Stables, food and water were set up for the horses and elephants. Bharata and his companions were wonderstruck by these impressive sights that quickly sprang up around the humble hermitage in the scenic forest. While Bharata only thought about Rama, his followers, wearing garlands of flowers, indulged in the festivities, singing, dancing, laughing and drinking fruit juices and wines. The Rishi Bharadwaja honoured his guests as they desired, with material and sensory pleasures. Ayodhya's army and citizens fell under the spell, wishing these festivities to never end and content to stay right there in the hermitage, drowning in these material indulgences, forgetting their duties in Ayodhya and elsewhere. As the night wore off, the Gandharvas and Apsaras, the divine musicians and dancers, departed and the magical scenes from the previous night's festivities disappeared. 
The crowd stirred in various parts of the hermitage and now even in their inebriated state remembered their purpose to visit Rama. With the first rays of dawn, Bharata and Shatrugna approached St. Bharadwaja. They asked for the directions to Rama's ashram. The kind sage once again gave detailed directions to find Rama's hut at the foothills of Chitrakuta mountains near the banks of river Mandakini. As they prepared to leave, the queens approached the Maharishis to pay their respects. Bharata introduced them. O Bhagavan, respected one, this Devi, lady, you see who resembles a goddess and whose frame is emaciated by grief and loss, is the principal queen of Ayodhya. Like Aditi, the mother of gods who bore Data, she bore Rama, who is a lion amongst men. The beautiful lady to her left with the sorrowful countenance is the mother of the two heroes, Lakshmana and Shatrugna, comparable to the gods for their beauty and prowess. Pointing at his own mother, he continued, That one is the reason Rama and Lakshmana's lives were destroyed, and my father Dasharatha died, deprived of his sons. In the guise of a noble woman, thinking herself to be beautiful, she is only proud, greedy for wealth, quick-tempered, intent on wicked sinful actions without considerations of consequences. Know her to be my mother, Kaikeyi, because of who I am faced with this current calamity. The wise Maharishi Bharadwaja replied gently with foresight and wisdom, Do not fault your mother thus, Bharata, for events, events beyond her control. Rama's exile will bring happiness to many in the future. His banishment from his country will benefit devas, dhanavas, good people and enlightened sages everywhere. Bharata and the queens worshipped the sage before leaving and with his permission Bharata ordered his army to depart the hermitage for the Chitrakuta mountains. The large procession excitedly set off on this last leg, shaking off their exhaustion and entered the dense forest. They cleared a path as they advanced with the elephants, horses, chariots and palanquins lumbering through the forest, kicking up dust and immense noise. The wild animals of the forest, the elephants, gazelles, deers, monkeys and birds, their peace disturbed by this large crowd, quickly moved out of the way, shrieking noisily. The Ayodhya procession continued on undaunted, taking in the beautiful wild scenes they passed, energized and intent on getting to their destination. After covering a great distance, crossing the river Yamuna, they saw the Chitrakuta mountains in the distance. Cheering loudly, they came to a halt, charmed by the scenic surroundings of flowering trees mountain in the distance, river flowing nearby. Bharata, after discussing with sage Vasishta, sent warriors ahead to find out Rama and Lakshmana's hermitage. The warriors returned soon to inform them about the location where smoke was rising up in the air, marking inhabitants in the area close to the banks of river Mantakini, just as sage Bharadwaja had guided them. Bharata addressed this caravan of his followers. Be watchful here. 
do not proceed any further. I will go ahead alone to confirm if this is Rama or other inhabitants who can guide us further. Princess Bharata and Shatrudna, accompanied by the wise Sumatra, their loyal advisor, chief amongst all their counsellors, set out bravely with excitement in the direction of the smoke. The large army of warriors and people cheered joyously and waited as directed by Bharata, eager to rest and excited to see Rama again. We will wait here with them and in the next episode, look forward to reuniting with Rama, Sita and Lakshmana. We will discover if the tireless Bharata too meets with them in the beautiful wilderness of Chitrakuta. Until then, Ram Ram.